I am, uh, I'm drawn to huge cities. It, it may be because I was born in one, downtown, Seattle, at 6th and Marion. Can you picture 6th and Marion? There's no hospital there. I was not born in a taxi cab. There used to be a hospital at 6th and Marion. Seattle General Hospital doesn't exist anymore. And that might be why I love huge cities, because I was born in a huge city, but I also think it has something to do with the, just the hustle and the bustle of urban spaces, high-rise buildings, and the kaleidoscope of humanity. In downtown Seattle, I love that there are coffee shops nearly everywhere. <laughs> I love the fact that you can walk from Puget Sound to Lake Union, and then Lake Washington through the Arboretum and back again. It's beautiful there any time of year. I do especially love to go on long prayer walks in downtown Seattle. I've been doing this for most of the last six years now. I, I love walking in the city and praying. There's something about it. I've been thinking a lot about big cities lately. Chris and I visited a few cities for the first time this summer. Our cities visited list grew by about seven. We went to Messina, Sicily, Valletta, Malta, Barcelona, Spain, Marseille, France, Genoa, Italy, and then back in Sicily to Catania. And every time we go to a new city, I'm just fascinated how they developed over time and the character of the city, how people live, their attitudes, their, their ways of engaging in the world. Take, for instance, Valletta, Malta. This picture was taken uh, from the boat tour we had in Valletta, Malta on June 26th. Our tour guide was explaining, right at this point when I took this picture, she was explaining that these fortified, walled shorelines, and you, they're, they're everywhere in Malta, in, in, uh, in Valletta. And, and they, these fortified shorelines are a good metaphor for the character of the Maltese people. They are guarded. They're careful, strong. They're wary of change. Wow, you just learn something about the people by looking at their shoreline. I'm fascinated by that. And cities can have a personality all their own, you know? Take, for instance, Portland. Portland is known for being individualistic, recycling crazy, coffee and donut central, and, well, weird. <laughs> Seattle, clean, progressive, wealthy, well-educated, nerdy, and uh, passive-aggressive. Just try to go, come to any four-way stop. No, you first, you first, you first, you first. <laughs> Dallas, Texas, go big or go home. Barbecue sauce on everything. Football crazy. New York City, in a hurry brash, even opinionated, loud.
hip. Los Angeles, sun-loving, health-conscious, media-obsessed. We could go on and on. Cities have a character of their, all their own. But here's something else of which I've become aware. I'm even convinced from my reading of the scriptures, like the one before us today, Isaiah 40. God loves cities. He's crazy about them. Otherwise, why would he say something like this? Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her. She has served her term. Her penalty is paid. She's received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Verse 2 of our text. And then verse 9. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. It's a fascinating study to look at how many times the scriptures talk about God's love and concern for the city. Do you remember the story of Jonah? Asked to go to Nineveh, this place that is well, well beyond the reach of God's word. And why? Because there's so many people there who don't know their left hand from their right. So many people. And lots of animals as well. <laughs> and this, this makes sense, doesn't it? We know that God loves his creation. God loves humanity. And cities are humanity intensified. Pastor and author Tim Keller talks about this in his book, Center Church, that cities have a dual nature. One is a God-exalting promise, and the other is a human-exalting shadow. So cities are like a magnifying glass that brings out the best and the worst in human nature. <clears throat> but see here in this 40th chapter of Isaiah, the way God speaks to this city tenderly. Comfort, comfort, he says. God's desire is to gather the people of the city the way a shepherd gathers the sheep and carries them in his arms and blesses them. And why? Because the people of Jerusalem are so vulnerable. Look at verses 6 and 7. All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. The bad news is that this life in the city is fleeting. Those who live there are vulnerable. You can live and die there rather quickly. 
No one knows this better than those who have lost loved ones either to violence or addictions or other hazards of city life. Life in the city is a dangerous life. But here's the good news. Verse 9. Here is your God. And what is God saying to the city? Jerusalem has served her term. Her penalty is paid. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. In the words of the message that she has served her sentence and her sin is taken care of, forgiven. Her sin is forgiven. This is the word of God. Once again, we're we're face to face with this overarching reality about God, that God is a savior. God desires to save the city, to gather the inhabitants of the city, And it's true for every city. It's true for this city, Marysville. It's true for Arlington. It's true for Everett, Lake Stevens. Wherever you happen to live, God loves that city. And God desires this word of comfort, salvation, and joy to be told to your city. Notice that there are four invitations in our text. Verses 1 and 2, verse 3, verse 6, and verse 9. All are commissions to speak to the city about this. Speak tenderly. Prepare the way of the Lord. Cry out. Shout the good news from the mountains. Here's your God. Here is the one who saves. Who forgives sin who gathers his children like lost sheep. My question for us this morning is this. Are we ready to hear this call? This invitation? If God loves the city of Marysville like this, then what does that suggest about you and me and our priorities. Are we willing to participate in God's love for this city? How can we do this? I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> there are possibilities. One of the best ways is just simply to follow God into your own neighborhood. You will likely hear this from me in the coming months. I'm probably going to say it again a few times. From my reading this summer as I was on sabbatical, probably the most gripping phrase I heard was this, was this image of that God is working, already at work in our neighborhoods. And he's calling us to follow him there to follow God into our neighborhoods. Your street, your cul-de-sac, your neighborhood. One way to 
to follow God into your neighborhood is just to walk it. Walk in your neighborhood instead of driving all the time. Pray as you walk in your neighborhood. Pray for the people who live in those houses. Talk to people. Engage and listen. Listen to people in your neighborhood. God is already working there. So follow him there. It's as simple as that and as powerful as that. There are other options as well. We have a cold weather shelter here in Marysville that last year, unfortunately, did not have a home. But we're told, I just learned this week, that our cold weather shelter is going to open again this year. And it's getting reorganized, and we'll be looking for volunteers to staff three different shifts, an early shift, a middle shift, and a a late shift, which is really an early, early morning shift. When the temperature drops below 32 degrees, our cold weather shelter will, will open. We have homeless folks in our town. We have a lot of them, actually. And cold weather is deadly for them. We have lost several in previous years, and we would like that not to happen this year. Do you have time in the late evening or in the middle of the night? Are you someone who can do that? If so, let us know in the office. We'll get you in touch with the organizer of the cold weather shelter. That's a great way to follow God into your neighborhood. And by the way, it's safe. You might think about joining me and others in volunteering at our school across the street. That's a great way to follow God into your neighborhood. Cascade Elementary. You know, we're not over there to proselytize, but helping kids to learn to read has an amazing effect on the quality of life and the future of this city. And yes, sometimes lifelong, life-changing relationships and friends are formed, friendships are formed in those times. Another way of following God into your neighborhood is to volunteer. Marysville Community Lunch is always looking for volunteers on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. They serve lunch down on on, uh, 4th near State. Lovingly serving food is something almost all of us can do. There are other possibilities. I heard this week about an exciting youth mentoring program here in Marysville. There's emergency housing that's organized by MESH, Marysville Extended Shelter Homes. They're looking to open a new house and hoping for teams to adopt one room to furnish a room. That's something that folks from this church could do. There's the Marysville Food Bank. I know they're always looking for volunteers as well as donations. All of these are good options for following God into your neighborhood. God loves this city. Now, I'm saying all this this morning, and I'm aware that for some of us, we're hearing it and thinking this is a lot even too much, perhaps. And I'm, but I'm not going to say anything more to let us all off the hook this morning. 
Sometimes when we hear a call to action like this, we try to imagine how we might add something more to our lives, and we feel overwhelmed. If that's what you're feeling as you hear this this morning, I, I encourage you just to stop and pray about that. I'm convinced that God is calling us to follow him into our neighborhoods, and if this feels like too much, then here's my suggestion. Tell God about that. And the best place to do that is right here at this table where we are fed, where we are strengthened, and where we are sent out to proclaim the forgiveness of sins, God's salvation through the body and the blood of Jesus. God loves this city. He loves Arlington, Lake Stevens, Everett, Seattle, all the surrounding communities. He loves the place where you live. He loves the people there. Can we follow him into the city? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are our living hope. Father, as we prepare to receive the bread and the cup today, your body given for us and your blood shed for us, I pray that you might give us the gift of a new vision, that of bringing hope to our city. Lord, you're the one who promises us comfort and joy. Thank you, Jesus, that there is salvation in your name. You you are our living hope. And we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.